Coming up on Podcast 1648, we take a look at the new electric Boxster from Porsche. It's been pictured. Stick around and tell you more. Also on the show today, how electric racing will form the cars that we drive on the road. A new electric Peugeot 408 and a price rise for the Kia EV6, but that's because they are ditching one of the versions in the US. Those stories and a lot more coming up today. Stick around. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to EV News Daily, your trusted source of EV information. Wednesday, 9th of November, I'm Martin Lee, and I go through every EV story so you don't have to. We'll kick off with that headline story from the Auto Express magazine, the first spy shots of what looks like the development mule for the all-electric, all electric boxster have surfaced now this is undoubtedly when you look at it a porsche boxster but it's certainly when you stare at it a few changes at the minute will reveal what's underneath following on from the Taycan and the mccann ev now that's not out yet by the way the forthcoming porsche mccann launching next year the new electric cayman and boxster will be full evs the sports coupe and cabrio will be based on the new bespoke ev platform based on porsche's mission r concept writes auto express they say that the Mission R features an 82 kilowatt hour battery, dual motor, 1073 horsepower, 0 to 62, oh, just a mere 2.5 seconds, and 180 miles an hour top speed. So that was, of course, a concept Mission R from Porsche, but we'll wait and see how much of that gets carried across to the Boxster. The spy shots hint at a longer wheelbase. That could be because they need more room for the battery. Long overhangs at the front and the rear. And lots of extra cladding around the vehicle. So not giving away too much. And where they're putting the battery, I understand anyway, is it's going to be a little bit like Lotus, um, where they talked about their um, philosophy in terms of skateboard platforms everyone thinks the best thing to do is put the battery underneath you and then it's a low center of gravity etc but they say you know what well, the, the best thing to do with a sports car is to sit as low down as possible uh, so the battery very much like the original tesla roadster if you're aware of how that were uh, was laid out um the uh, battery would be behind the two front seats a similar layout with a weight distribution to a mid-engine sports car using an internal combustion engine Okay, now talking of prototypes next, I saw a post on uh, the Reddit, EV Reddit forum, saying a BYD prototype has been spotted in New Jersey. I thought, that's interesting, and it caught my eye. It's not actually. It's a BYD Han. Now, obviously, it's a car not available in America, so that is interesting that it was spotted on a charger in New Jersey. Uh, But it's been sold for a long time in China, and it's a pretty nice car, actually. Not to 63.9 seconds. It's got BYD's blade battery, the LFP cells. Um, This was on charge at the Garden State Plaza at Paramus, if that's how I say it, in New Jersey. So I wonder why it was there. Uh, Testing or, I mean, look, there's a million reasons. But uh, could it imply that BYD have got an American launch at some point in their future? Well, that wouldn't be the biggest speculation to make, given that they're expanding into Europe. But yeah, the car door was open. They weren't trying to shield it. It's a production car in China and uh, left-hand drive. It was, um, yeah, looking pretty pretty stock. And uh, I wonder what they were doing for charging, because obviously that would have the GPT plug on rather than the US version of um, CCS Combo 1 plug. But oh, anyway, I couldn't get a picture of that, but very interesting. Talking of BYD, 
as I've mentioned them, the high-end brand they are scheduled to launch in the first quarter of next year is still on the cards, and the first model would be around $130,000 or $140,000 equivalent. So, yeah, we're talking super high-end, super luxury, people with money to spend on a car like that. BYD staff said that the brands, the products, the sales, the service network, and the operations are being run by... Brand new teams and independent teams within BYD entering the high-end car market is their strategy to target traditional luxury German car brands, not the likes of Tesla that have taken big scale in China. BYD's performance this year in terms of sales has been huge. An official announcement of stopping production of combustion vehicles back in April, triggered some concern. But there's soaring sales of electric vehicles afterwards. And since March, their volume has exceeded 100,000 units for four consecutive months. And in September, over 200,000 new energy vehicles sold at BYD. I'll pop a link to that story in the show notes if you'd like to read more. Uh, The Porsche Taycan is having its 100,000th anniversary. That is the 100,000th Porsche Taycan rolling off the production line. The milestone car left the assembly line uh, about three years after production first started at the main plant at Zuffenhausen in September 2019, says the Porsche PR re- uh, press release that I have here. Uh, the Neptune Blue Taycan Turbo S, in case you're wondering what the spec was, was destined for a UK customer. The top three individual markets for the all-electric sports car are the US and China and the UK as well. The model is now available in three body styles, the Sport Sedan, the Cross Turismo and the Sport Turismo. Five engine options coupled with rear wheel drive or all wheel drive and the longest one. If you want the if you want the big daddy, that would be the Tycon 4S. That's 513 kilometers of range. If you want the quick one, that'll be the Turbo S, current holder of the fastest production electric car around the Nürburgring. Talking of quick cars, Formula E, the race series, is going to be feeding technology into Maserati's first passenger EV when the Gran Turismo Folgore from Maserati arrives next year. About this time, actually, maybe a bit earlier, um, but uh, sometime in Q3 next year, we think. Customers might notice Formula E Motorsport's DNA, says TechCrunch. Maserati will become the first Italian team to compete in Formula E since the series kicked off um, uh, since its uh, inception. And Maserati is taking what it learns from electric race cars and integrating it into their road cars, which will be, as I say, the Gran Turismo Folgore. Uh, We think it'll be sub $200,000. It'll be Italian, luxury, fast, like a motorway, uh, sort of autobahn cruiser, a real Gran Turismo. And the brand will add an all-electric SUV. And GT, a Grand Tourer, a cabrio version of the Folgore next year. That's all going to be uh, battery electric versions, by the way. Mega, mega, mega. Right, let's talk a little bit about the electric version of the Peugeot 408 going on sale, according to Autocar, an entirely brand new model for Peugeot that adds an innovative fastback design to their compact car range, currently comprising the more conventional Peugeot 308 hatchback and the 3008, that's more of an SUV or crossover. The new 408 sits on the same EMP2 platform as the 308, and it's got that swoopy fastback style uh, that some people, I think, really like. If they don't want the um, practicality, the car certainly looks very cool. There will be a petrol engine, there'll be a mild hybrid, there'll be an all-electric version, which I think it's fair game to assume it'll be called the E408. 
As for the price, mm, don't know. Now, the Kia EV6 is getting more expensive in the US, but there's a good reason, because they're dropping the base model. Uh, the cost of admission to owning an EV6 from Kia got more expensive because for next year's model year, the entry-level light trim, as it's known in the US, which was uh, $42,500, is gone. So the wind trim, uh, we don't have light or wind over here. I'm not sure what we have, but we have different names, uh, is now the entry point. And so to get into one, it's now about $50,000. And of course, with the Inflation Reduction Act as well, because the cars aren't made in North America, and because we don't know what's inside the battery composition of the Kia EV6, uh, that potential $7,500 discount is being missed out on. Lucid's earnings, bit of financial stuff. They confirm they're on track to make up to 7,000 Lucid Airs this year. They announced plans to raise $1.5 billion, including $900 million from the Saudi Arabia Public Wealth Fund, their largest investor already. Uh, they reported a net loss of $530 million. Oof, that's a bad day. Uh, $530 million net loss for the third quarter on $195.5 million of net uh, revenue. And Lucid confirming they will open reservations for the next vehicle soon. Now, the next vehicle is an electric luxury SUV. They've called it Project Gravity until now. I'm not sure... If it's called the Gravity as the final customer car name, but either way, they have over 34,000 reservations, they say, of their existing Lucid Air, and production is ramping, but still, software is difficult to get it completely right as a new car maker to enter that segment. Standards and expectations are necessarily very high when you're paying that much money. Ford are next in the news. And Ford and their EV battery joint venture partner, the SK On Company, have made multiple investments in Solid Power. Solid Power is a company working on developing solid-state batteries for future all-electric vehicles. It seems like the technology is a few years away from being viable. And if you listen to Lisa Drake, she's the vice president of EV industrialization at Ford, uh, and says, and I quote, I don't see solid-state heavy commercialization by the end of the decade. That was during a uh, fireside with Bank of America. Uh, she went on to say, it's still in the advanced research stage. We haven't landed it into our product program yet. We need to do more work on it. But it's very promising. We think it will be the next step. It will be the next step, but we're not there yet, end quote. Interesting from the horse's mouth, so to speak. Uh, uh, no offence, uh, Lisa Drake. I mean, from Ford itself saying, hey, solid power, yep, yeah, and literally solid state batteries, all promising, uh, but... Nowhere near yet. Now, on the way soon, we'll talk about Renault's Alpine performance division going electric and Tesla Shanghai exporting a record number of vehicles last month. Stick around. Those stories and more are on the way. Now we'll talk about Renault launching the Ampere business and uh, also going into a joint venture with Geely, but that's some combustion stuff, according to this report from Auto Express here in Europe, a startup company. And it will be a separate spin-off from Renault. It's going to be called Ampere, and it will be the first EV and software disruptor business, they say, launched by an existing car company in Europe, a standalone wing of Renault with 10,000 employees and six new electric cars to be launched under the Renault brand by the end of the decade. Ampere, whether it, whether it's called the Renault something or the Ampere something, or maybe it's the Renault Ampere 1, a bit like 
Ionique is being used as a name with numbers after it. We don't know yet, but they'll be working on what we saw, which was the concept version of the Renault 5 EV and the Renault 4 as well. And continued development of the Renault Megane E-Tech Electric will become the responsibility of Ampere, those 10,000 people working there, and the launch of the upcoming Scenic Electric as well. Alpine will have access to the intellectual property from Ampere. Now, the Alpine division has always been the sporty, lightweight, interesting, low-selling bit of Renault. Really under the radar for most people, but they rebranded their Formula One team to Alpine, and they're putting money behind it in electrification as well. Plans to move from niche petrol to five electric cars within the next six years. And what are they going to make? A hot hatch? and two full-size SUVs, which is a real departure from what you expect of Alpine. Plans announced last year would see Alpine going electric with three new models by 2026. Adding to those plans, new news, two large SUVs, a mid-size to large model, like a Cayenne or a BMW X5, and a full-size flagship. So it's Alpine, so it's sporty and it's fast, but it's a flagship SUV, which they've never made before. So I'm thinking Lamborghini Urus, Lotus Elettra, etc., etc. Now, let's talk Tesla. And a few stories actually to get through Tesla today. Uh, three stories to finish off the podcast. Tesla Shanghai is exporting record numbers of vehicles. After releasing sales figures for their China-made vehicles last week in October, a new report by the China Passenger Car Association provides more details. Wholesale sales in October were 71,700 units with 54,500 exported. They delivered 17,200 to local Chinese customers. Tesla produces new cars in the first half of each quarter, mainly for export, because then, of course, they're on ships, the cheapest way to, to move things around the world. On October the 24th, Tesla cut the price of the Model 3 and the Model Y in China, as perhaps they saw lower orders or an increasing... Uh, their version of inventory, of stuff they haven't sold yet. I've mentioned a couple of times, every time I check in the UK, I can still get a car in November, which, of course, would come from China. So, interesting. I wonder whether they'll, if they do have a lot of vehicles available for export, maybe it's because domestic sales are, maybe, I don't know. Uh, It's difficult to say what's going on. Tesla have a lot of things they can do to um, increase demand. And lowering the price is just one, of course. Now, Tesla is offering discounts of 1,110 US dollars equivalent for its inventory cars. Tesla began offering these discounts for Chinese consumers. If you buy an inventory vehicle between November the 8th and December 31st, consumers who purchase a Model 3 or Y that has been produced and is in stock or inventory, and has car insurance from one of Tesla's insurance partners, will receive a discount of up to 8,000 RMB or 1,100 US dollars equivalent. Many of them, they say, are in stock because of cancelled orders, which I thought was interesting. And Tesla has pulled what they call a demand lever with this insurance incentive. That's how the website Electric put it. In terms of demand softening for Tesla, they write, we reported last month that Tesla's demand shouldn't be seen as a concern until Tesla starts pulling demand levers, meaning the automaker takes action to increase demand. Now we've learned that Tesla has added new insurance incentives to the new vehicle purchases in China and has modified the program to encourage buyers to place an order by the end of December via Reuters. They previously offered an insurance incentive of $970 for orders uh, until the end of the year, but yesterday they increased that. 
So kind of interesting to see uh, that maybe consumers are tightening their belts, worried about possible recessions. Global inflation is happening, you know, not just maybe in the country you're listening in. It's it's kind of it's happening everywhere. So we'll wait. We'll watch the situation carefully. I've seen waiting lists come down for non-Tesla brands as well, and I gather most of those are from cancelled orders from Audi being perhaps a, an eighteen-month waiting list for some vehicles my listeners were sending me examples of oh my goodness i gotta wait a year and a half you know they're now getting calls saying hey would you like one a little bit sooner because so and so's cancelled so worth watching good news for consumers though if you get to drive the car that you want sooner than having to wait now let's thank our premium partners of the podcast on patreon i couldn't do without you guys um phil roberts of electric future at ef.energy brad crosby Porsche of the Village in Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East, National Car Charging on the US mainland, and Aloha Charge in Hawaii, Derek Riley, he's got his EV Review Island YouTube channel, and it's brilliant, Uh, Richard at rsev.co.uk, that's his website, you can go to that if you're buying or selling EVs in the UK, Octopus Electric Universe, they sort out global public charging and they make it so simple with one app and one map, I've not driven in Europe recently with an EV, but if I do, I'm definitely going to try out what the places that I can... How far can I go on Octopus Electric Universe charges? That'd be interesting. Millbrookcottages.co.uk. Uh, they offer five-star luxury cottages in Devon. They've got EV charges when you're there. And Lease Plan Electric Moments, providing all the tools and guidance that EV drivers need. Have a good one. See you tomorrow. And remember, there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid. <laughs>